We come to you. You are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord Jesus. And we, we've begun something in us, and we want to know how to handle it, work with it, and cooperate with you, so that the work of faith and of your grace in us comes to its final conclusion. We are presented mature on that last day. Help us now as we consider your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So these last weeks, and this is the 17th in the series, I've been talking about uh, Christian faith. and It comes from this scripture in Habakkuk. The just shall live by faith. That's not just how you get converted, how you become a Christian, but how we then live as Christians. That's the definition of this way of Christian life, that we live by faith. It's faith in God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Let me widen that out a bit for a definition of my thinking on this. We're talking about faith in God through Jesus, his Son, by the Holy Spirit, who works in us according to Scripture or according to truth. We don't invent a whole new different way of doing things. We come back to Scripture to discover what the Lord has said. And faith, to say it again, is not a power we operate. It's not some Star Wars Star Wars force. It's, faith is focused on an outcome, not on an outcome, but upon God. Faith is Godward. We're going to come today to, a, it's a three-word title, Faith, Works, and Light. What I have to say today centered upon the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Let's start at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. <clears throat> Since it's part of the context, let's just talk about salt for a minute. You'll be feeling thirsty looking at that. Salt in this context is not just seasoning, but it's also an antiseptic. How many of you remember salt cod, salt beef, salt pork? You salt it to preserve it. So it, it can be taken out and reconstituted and used many, many months after it was dried and salted. It's antiseptic. It stops the rot. Salt in those days was not pure salt as we have it. It was rock salt, which would have other chemicals and minerals in it, or it was sea salt, which would have sand and other particles in it. So when the salt stopped being salty, it was only good for road filth. Yeah? Because it was the only the other stuff that was left. So Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Our presence and our purpose as Christians in this world is not to make it nice, it's to stop the rot somewhere. It's to prevent some of the corruption that this world is naturally given to. To stop some of the rot. That's what Jesus is saying to us. Then light. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now we know in John's Gospel further further on, that the Lord Jesus claims that for himself. It's one of the seven great I, I, I am's of John's gospel. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then Jesus goes, but then Jesus goes on to say, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So, logically, now he's gone from the world 
He in us is the light of the world. He's made us light. We become the light of the world because Jesus has made us light in his place. His light is now in us. Now the word light, Scripture speaks of revelation, truth that strikes us, illuminates us. How many know when the moment when the light bulb goes on? You suddenly get it. That's light. It doesn't just inform us. It, 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 it illuminates us. It's also used as a symbol in Scripture of God's holiness, as is fire, a symbol of his holiness. What does his light produce in us? It produces understanding, insight, wisdom. We know what to do. We know how we should live. When we choose to live that way, we demonstrate his life and his light. And so Jesus says our works point to him, demonstrate that we're his and that he's with us and in us. <clears throat> now, in the old King James version of that, let me just read that to you again. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savour, wherewithal shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot by men. Ye are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a candlestick, and so on. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. There's a clue here in that Elizabethan-style English, Okay. If the scripture that was talking to you as an individual, it wouldn't say ye and your, it would say thee, thou and thine. All of that scripture is plural. It's to all of us. Jesus is not speaking to an individual, but to a community, a body of people. No one of us is the salt of the earth. No one of us is the light of the world. No one of us is a city set on a hill or that candle on a candlestick. We together are those things. Amen. I noticed uh, someone this morning was wearing a, a, a T-shirt top that says, we are in it together. I said, yeah, that's good for the servant. We are in this together. We are to be seen to be those who belong to and follow Jesus, the, lights of the world, light of the world. Which brings us back, of course, to his great new commandment. A new commandment I've given you that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this we'll all know that you are my disciples. When? When they see something. That you have love one for another. No, he didn't say love for them. We can spill some love on them. We can include them in some of our kindness and courtesy and generosity, of course. But when they see that you love one another. And then Jesus prays in John 17... I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. It's our shared love, our service to one another, our unity witnessed by the world that is light. It's our togetherness. So let's think now about good works. Let's go back and think about those words of the Lord Jesus. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now I'm going to shoot down a few ideas about good works right now, okay? It may be the way you've always thought it, the way you've always heard it, but excuse me, I'm not trying to be belligerent, but let's get somewhere sound. First one, the level of thinking of many people who have some thought about life after death, who therefore aren't atheists and, you know, and so on, 
but they don't understand the gospel or the scriptures is very much like some Eastern religions. You've got to do good works to balance out your bad ones. And if you've ever tried to evangelize people, talk to them about the gospel, you know, very many, many people have that. Well, I tried to do some good works, you know, so I can get into heaven. That's just superstition. That isn't Christian faith. That is definitely not the point of good works. Here's the gospel. You are forgiven all your sins, and God now prepares you to live in good works. Right? You are not amending your balance sheet. You're not tipping the scales. You're not adding anything to the finished work of Jesus. All right? He has saved you, not according to your works. All right? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so people have also interpreted... These are very fuzzy, these pictures. I don't know what's going on. People have interpreted good... That's a guy giving a pound coin to someone begging, okay? People have interpreted good works as going out and doing a few good deeds so people can see that they're doing good deeds. Perhaps helping with some charity or volunteering some time to help somewhere. When I was, when I was young, people would say, I've done my good deed for the day. That is not the main point of good works. Others have gone to kind of a different conclusion that the main purpose of being Christians and the church is to get out there and do good. And they're talking about social action, and social justice, maybe getting involved politically. And interestingly, people from all three major parties in, in, in England, all there are Christians who believe that by joining that party, they are, they are doing this. Okay, uh, welcome to their conscience. It's good to engage in social change for the common good. We're the salt of the earth, after all. But that is still not the main point of good works. Now, to find what the Bible means by good works, you search through the Bible. And this phrase, good works, appears 13 times in the New Testament. Three times, it's agathos, which just means good. This is the Greek. But the rest of the times, including the words of Jesus and the instructions of Paul in the epistles, it's this other word. It's kalos, good, beautiful, wise. And then the word works is just... Ergon works. We are called by Jesus to let our good, beautiful, wise works shine before men. They illustrate something about who we belong to. They're good, they're beautiful, they're wise. In American English, they have a phrase, you've done a beautiful thing there. I guess that phrase is drawn from, they understand someone way, way back understood this thing about good works, that they are beautiful. Good works is not just an act of charity or mercy. They're doing the good thing, the right thing, the moral thing, the upright thing, the just thing, the wise thing, the generous thing, the merciful thing, the godly, God-honoring, God-like thing. God-centered thing. And doing it before the gaze of the world. So here, another favorite scripture of mine. And of, oh, sorry, gone too far. Dr. Martin Luther King. Matthew 6, verse 8. Micah 6, verse 8. He's shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Notice these two things. To do justly and to love mercy. You don't throw away doing the right thing just to do the nice thing. You keep hold of grace and truth to do justly 
and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In other words, no matter how good a thing I do, it wasn't me, it was God's grace. He led me, he taught me, he empowered me to walk humbly with your God. We are acting as the children of God, dependent upon him and obedient towards him. It's behaving like our Father in his ways of wisdom and justice and mercy. And such a lifestyle, my friends, here's the, here's the tip, here's the clue, is contrary to the ways of this world. And the, this world is not filled with light, according to Scripture, but darkness. And you walk around as little lights in dark places. As you do the good thing, the beautiful thing, the wise thing. Good works are the choices and actions that demonstrate a living faith in the living God. And it's every part of life. It's in the home. It's in the workplace. It's in how you handle your finances. It's in every single piece of life. Good works invades all of that. Now, I haven't got time to develop the thought about good fruits and fruit trees and so on, but faith in God through Christ produces good works as a good tree produces fruit. Jesus says a bad tree produces bad fruit, a good tree produces good fruit. What, do we, what don't we understand about that? By their fruit, by their works, we are known. James writes, faith without works is dead. A faith, a, a, a professed faith, someone claims faith. That's the point, okay? They're claiming I'm a believer but they produce no fruit, there's no evidence, then that faith is either dormant or non-existent. We're not saved by our works, but having been forgiven all our sins, we bear fruit as we live by faith in the grace of God. <clears throat> Ephesians 2. Here's the balance of it. By grace, you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, wasn't your idea. It's God's idea. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But then he talks about works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Faith produces works which shine light into a dark world, and those good works are not things we need to figure out for ourselves. They are simply obeying the Lord's word and will and guidance and the Holy Spirit and the grace of God and the wisdom of God, day after day after day, decision after decision after decision. Faith, works, and light, though, are things we do personally, individually, but they are, mo more, most importantly here, a corporate adventure. We, the church, the whole church, not just Lighthouse Church, we, the church, are a city set on a hill. If we like it or not, people are looking at us. They want to see it. They don't just want to hear it. They want to see it, and they're entitled to see it. Now, since this fellowship is called Lighthouse, in response to prophetic words back in 2008, 2009, about our being a city on a hill, a place of light, we, we should pay particular attention to to these, these words of Jesus. We are a city, we, you know, we prophetically are called to be a city on a hill. We, we know that. It's been added to us, stuck on us. So we need to pay attention to letting our light so shine, our good works be seen. Jesus is firstly concerned that good works flow between his people. 
and then overflowed to the rest of the world. And the display of such good works is like the shining of light into a dark world. One last word is glory. I like that picture. Though it does look a bit like the front of a car. <clears throat> no, you cannot have the glory car. They don't make one. Further on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us to do some things which are not these public things to be seen by men. Have you thought about that? He tells us to do some things and not let people see us. Anybody want to tell me what the three things are? Okay, praying, fasting, and giving. Do not do those acts of righteousness is the word phrase there. Don't do those routines and patterns of Godward living. Don't do those to be seen. It's a horrible thing for someone to be praying to show off. Yeah? Jesus says. Jesus tells us to do our fasting, our praying, and our giving to not to be seen by others. They're disciplines of faith, acts of righteousness, and they're private, not public matters. They're Godward. The Pharisees of Jesus' time were very publicly pious and religious, and they wanted to be seen when they were praying. They stood on a street corner. I thank thee, God, I'm not like other men. When they went to bring their offering, they, put it, they didn't put it in a bag. They, they emptied the bag into these, these, they were like trumpets. They were like things with, with fans, holes on the top, you know, big cones. And so there's a metal cone. So if you put the coins in from high enough up, they rattled as they went down. The Pharisees made the trumpet sound when they poured their coins in the offering box. Show us. And when they fasted, they put dirt on their faces and walked around looking like this. Oh, I'm so weak today. Show us. You know what Jesus said? They have their reward. But you, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, do it in secret. So only your father sees and he will reward you openly. Okay, sorry. Didn't mean to preach that bit, but there we are. But our way of life in public life, our good works are to be observed by the world. And the purpose of those works and that light is not that we gain a reputation for ourselves, but that our Father is glorified. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I know I'm always going back to the pattern prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not to me, not to us, but to your name be glory, says one of the Psalms. Jesus, perplexed as he drew nearer to the date of his crucifixion, was praying and he, he, he kind of gave up almost midway through and just cried out, Father, glorify your name. And the answer came from heaven. The Father spoke, I have both glorified it and will glorify it. Jesus just, just, oh, too, too much. Father, glorify your name. At the beginning of that great prayer of Jesus in John 17, Father, the hour has come, the hour of his crucifixion, the next morning. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. Some people are more concerned about their name, their reputation, their status, their success, than they are the Lord's name. My friend, you will prosper greatly when your greatest ambition is the glory of God's name. 
Let me give you this headline. Our way of life is the public face of the Christian faith. The way we live illustrates Christian faith. Whether you choose it or not, whether you like it or not, that is true. Let your light so shine before people that they may see your good works, the, your, the wisdom, the beauty, the faith, the obedience, the honoring of God in you, in the things you choose, the way you behave, the way you conduct yourself, that they may glorify your Father who is in heaven. Live out your faith and obedience to Jesus unashamedly, without apology, but with wisdom and justice and grace. And please, let all the honor, all the fame, all the glory go to him. After all, the only reason that we are Christians at all is that we've been saved by his grace through faith and we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And every time Paul uses that word walk, he means our way of life. They're not occasional events. It's their everyday way of life, how we walk. And every day, God has the, the decision, the action, the choice ahead of you. And if you will trust him and listen to him, you will be working good works. You'll be walking in a way that honors and glorifies and pleases him. And faith produces that. Faith produces that. Let's pray. I thank you, Father, that so many people this morning are delighted to re be reminded that we're saved by grace alone, not by works. But you've created us for good works, to bear fruit, to be a good tree, bearing good fruit. So we submit our hearts to you again today, Lord. And we want the dimensions of how we understand what it is to be a Christian to be widened and broadened so we see that this is 24-7. It's a walk, a whole way of life. And to begin to listen to you more closely and trust you more deeply. Be more willing to follow the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we, we're doing the, the good thing, the wise thing, the beautiful thing, again and again and again and again. Not worrying whether someone's seeing, but they will see. Many times they will see. And, the, and they will acknowledge that we have a way of life which they don't. And we can respond to them. It's because we have a Father in heaven and a Jesus who is, who is our Savior. Father, let your light so shine in us that we shine some light out on other people too. And cause us as lighthouse to keep coming back to our calling, our mission, to be the people who are like a city set on a hill. Shedding light. And we acknowledge, Lord, with deep sadness that the world is dark, but you are light, and your light is in us. My friend, if you've never submitted yourself to Jesus, and ask him to come and overtake you where you are 
you're not going to sort yourself out. You're not going to try and dress yourself up. You're not going to try and clean your whole lifestyle up first. You're going to come to him as you are, and he is going to help you to find change, renewal, forgiveness, a whole new way of life. Jesus compared it to being born again. You just need to come to him and ask him. As much faith as, as this, Lord Jesus, please, please take a hold of me. Come and change me. Come and make me new. Just that. Do you want to make that prayer? Take a moment. Say it quietly, but say it to him. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, listen, let's do breaking of bread and then our team will come back.